Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mind Control Podcast, your home for tips on mind control, hypnosis, psychic abilities, and telepathic communication. I'm your host, Jim Nippenberg, so let's get started. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and welcome. So today's topic is on the psychic realm or the psychic dimension of ideas. Now, why in the world do I call it a psychic dimension? What is it, and what can it do for you, and how do you get there? How do you use it? So we're going to have fun on this podcast. Thank you for joining me. What is the psychic dimension of ideas? Well, Edgar Cayce talked about the fourth dimension, and he wasn't talking about physics. Uh, He was talking about metaphysical things, and he said the fourth dimension is the dimension of ideas, which, of course, is different from what you might encounter in talks about physics. Um, What is so important about that, though? Um, uh, Rupert Sheldrake talks about morphogenic fields and morphic resonance. So, in other words, that there are fields, idea fields out there that have knowledge and that there are fields of knowledge related to specific things. For instance, there's a field of knowledge about fixing a car versus um, building a house. Now, there may be times when things overlap. For instance, there are engineering principles, engineering ideas. So sometimes we have overlaps. Um, And uh, just a little bit jumping ahead here, one of the ways that you access and use these fields is to combine different fields. For instance, um, if you see something in one area of study that nobody's used in another area, but it applies, and so you combine ideas. Now, in Proverbs it says, there's nothing new under the sun, or Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And if you've watched any of the shows on cable, for instance, maybe some of the ones on ancient uh, civilizations, or maybe the um, shows about UFOs or aliens, which sometimes go off on the fringe, um, but you'll find evidence of ancient civilizations that have technology that we consider ourselves to be brilliant and advanced, and we came up with that. For instance, uh, in in ancient Persia, or... or um, they have um, they found batteries that they had thousands years ago, hundreds of years ago. And uh, on one of the alien shows, they talk about evidence of nuclear reactors in ancient India, things that have been buried and people are finally discovering. Um, there are things supposedly that didn't get burned in the great library that supposedly are vaulted up in the in the Vatican somewhere. And, and I don't know about that. I don't have confirmation on that. But it's the thing is that all of the ideas that we have around us, there's really nothing new. Uh, the greatest technology that we have, somebody's already thought of it. It comes from that field of ideas. Now, in the Bible, it talks about, in, in, the, book of, in the Gospel of John, it talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, blah, blah, blah. And people a lot of times will do a very bad explanation of that and say the word is the Bible. That's not true at all. That word there, ha-logos, logos, what does that mean in the ancient Greek? It's translated the word, however, it also means reason or thought. Okay, now, Edgar Cayce described God, what we ultimately know as God, as... um, as energy and 
intelligence. Uh, Jose Silva, when he was doing his research, and by the way, he was a devout Catholic, and for a while, many Catholics tried to get him kicked out of the church. He said that we don't actually ultimately know God firsthand. We know maybe levels on the way up there. Those of you who have studied maybe um, ideas in Western magic or whatever might also be familiar with that idea. You know, you have the you have humans, you have angels, you have archangels, you have uh, blah blah blah. All these levels of beings that originally go back to that are ultimately go back to the first source. Now, I don't want to get into that, but what's important is that there's a field of ideas, and that there are fields for each type of knowledge that you're interested in. So, what does that mean? Okay, that means that we can access those. Now, why do I say the psychic dimension of ideas? So we'll get, um, we'll get into that in a little bit here, a little bit further, by explaining that with reason and with thought, you have two minds, basically. Now, of course, there's a third mind, but you can't really access that one properly without being able to work with the first two and get them hooked up together. So you have the subjective mind or the subconscious mind and the objective or the conscious mind. Your sub- subjective mind is the one that, that um, uses intuition. It, it gathers from suggestion. It takes a suggestion and gathers ideas about that suggestion. Um, the logical mind is the one that uses the physical senses, and it reasons, and it's, it, it can say that, you know, the sky is blue, or the, you know, the sky, the clouds are dark, or the cl- clouds are white, or whatever, or any type of sensory type data. It also compares, it, take, it makes comparisons. The subjective mind is able to see big patterns and relationships also. Now, the subjective mind doesn't do the things that the objective mind does. You can, however, get the reasoning mind to do some of the jobs of the subconscious, but it's not the one that's in control. The one that's in control is the subjective mind, the subconscious. We have, you know, three or four bits of awareness, maybe up to seven at any one time. Everything else is under subconscious, okay? So if you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you have a bad feeling about something, and you go a different way, and then you find out that there was an accident or there was some violent act or whatever, and you would have been in the middle of it had you not received that warning. That warning came from the subconscious mind. It's all, the subconscious mind is what keeps your heart beating. It's, the, it's what keeps your, your brain functioning. It's what keeps your breathing. Now, you can, use con- you can consciously control your breath, and some people can consciously control their heart rate with a lot of training. But it's the subconscious that takes care of all those things while you're sleeping. It's also the subconscious that accesses the realm of ideas, but you can use your conscious mind to get there. Does that make sense? So how do you use your conscious mind to get there? You choose what to study. One of the interesting things is that we all dream at night. If we sleep long enough to have a a dream cycle at all, we dream. What do we dream about? We dream about things that have gone on in the day. We dream about... um, whatever we've been thinking about last or with most emotion. So there's a there's a principle that's called um, last in, first out. The last thing you're thinking about with emotion or with focus, with clarity at night, 
sometimes even without clarity, maybe by default, is what you what comes out first and what you think about first. So the stronger suggestion prevails. So if I wanna if I wanna dream about ideas for something, the way to do that is to program at night to make that mental programming, and to uh, and then to of course be able to remember the dream, but to to wake up and remember the dream and write it down or write out what comes into my mind. So I'm using the subjective mind and the objective mind. I'm using the objective mind to, to choose what to think about and the subjective to do its job while I'm asleep and trust it to do its job and then to wake up with ideas. And that's one way to do that and that's one way to use telepathic dream invaders um, for answers for yourself, not necessarily to telepathically connect with someone else, although we do that and you can do that and it happens accidentally all the time and we can make it happen on purpose. You also can telepathically get information from these fields of ideas. Okay, now I've told you a little bit about how we access them and I'll get into that in a little bit more detail here but first a quick message and I will be right back after about 61 seconds. Hello friend, do you wish you had more telepathic ability? My name is Jim Nippenberg and I've got good news for you. I've put together a program called Silent Mental Commands. It's designed to get you more persuasive power in your life and to get you more of what you want. It's organized into three easy to study sections. The first gets you comfortable with you being in power, you being in command. Section two builds on that and shows you how to seamlessly weave nearly undetectable commands into your normal everyday conversation. And the third section shows you how to begin to form and issue silent mental commands that go straight to the person's subconscious mind. The steps are easy to follow and almost everyone can experience some improvement with these skills. You can test it out for yourself absolutely risk-free Simply send an email message to silentcommands at mindcontrolresources.com or visit mindcontrolresources.com. Thank you, and I'll see you there. Okay, thank you. Welcome back to the program. Are you enjoying the program so far today? Great, great. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. So, how do you access this so-called psychic dimension, or why do we call it a psychic dimension? How can you access it? So we talked about using your mind to choose and that there's nothing new under the sun, that there are these morphogenic fields. There's also something known as overshadowing where um, there are entities that are attracted to certain types of information. So one way is to choose your topic and to study it. And you have to do some effort there. You have to do your work. Um, if I say I'm going to dream about nuclear physics and I don't know anything at all about physics or nuclear energy, which I don't, even if I dreamed it, I wouldn't be able to make sense of it. Does that, okay? Now, there are times in the Bible where the prophets, for instance, got information that they had no way of knowing how to put into words, like Ezekiel's wheel in the, in the, in the middle of a wheel. What does that mean? He didn't have words to put that in. Okay. Um, I believe it was Olga Worrell, who, who was one of the people that they experimented with with the remote viewing experiments at SRI back in the 70s and 80s, and she had no idea what a nuclear reactor was, 
And every time they target her on a nuclear reactor, she came up with a big steaming teapot, which was weird because she was one of their best remote viewers. Okay, and finally one day they went out for feedback on some of the targets and they drove past this nuclear reactor and she said, oh, there, there's one of those teapots you keep wondering what in the world I'm talking about. It was a big steaming teapot because the nuclear energy heats, it gets cold by the water and when the water cools off the reactor, you know, it creates steam and steam comes out. Okay, there's also... This, uh, there, there are entities, whether they're living people or people that have passed on or other types of beings that are interested in certain types of knowledge, okay? And so I can access these, these field thoughts, and when I get good and interested in this, or when I have a very good purpose, and by good I don't necessarily mean moral or immoral, um, meaning a well-formed purpose, like I have intent. There are entities out there that are interested also in that information that share information. Silent helpers. Now, Leadbeater talked about invisible helpers, and um, not necessarily in the context that we're talking, but in several contexts. Invisible helpers could be like when you pray for a loved one, when you love, when your love and compassion goes up for a loved one and it works as a field of protection around them. For instance, very religious parents, that, especially mothers that pray hard for their children, that, that forms a, an invisible helper around that person, that there's help out there. There's a, there's a story in the Bible where the king was worried because the enemy's armies were surrounding the city. And, and the, the king was panicking, what in the world are we going to do? And called the prophet, and the prophet's, you know, prophet, what are we going to do? Pray, help me, you know, tell God to help me. And the prophet prayed, open his eyes that he could see. And the king's eyes were open and he could see the invisible armies that were surrounding the enemy. Okay, so there is such a thing as help from the other side. In, uh, and uh, bear with me while I go give another biblical reference here. In Hebrews 11, it talks about great cloud of witnesses. After they've finished setting up, uh, remembering all of the heroes of the, of the Old Testament faith, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, when you focus on something with intention and emotion, it attracts from the other side. Okay, now, some people don't want that help, some people do. But what happens is <clears throat> that you'll wake up or you'll automatically have an idea and you'll think it's yours. What's funny is that there might be somebody on the other side of the earth, and this has happened with scientific discoveries before, where somebody on the other side of the earth that doesn't know a thing about your work and your research has the same idea about the same time. Well, it's because of that field of ideas, that psychic field of ideas. So, and sometimes you wake up with a direct knowing. What comes telepathically, you can get information directly from that field. Another way to get it is to set up um, what's called a unimold. Now, you can do this with somebody that's an expert. Um, and we'll maybe do another podcast on mental experts in your mental boardroom and, you know, mental advisors maybe in a different podcast. But what you do is... You think of an expert in topic X, and you set up a, a mental replica of that person with their abilities and their capabilities. And then you say, um, 
Person X, welcome to my boardroom. I'd like to get ideas and insights from you about topic X. Well, it's a mental form. Now, you may, in fact, get ideas directly from that person's subconscious mind if they're still alive or dead, if it's an actual person. But remember that it's also they've accessed that field of ideas, so it's using them as a filter. So, you you know, you're not getting stuff on basket weaving. You're getting stuff on the topic that you're interested in, okay? And so, you know, let's say it's um, an expert on remote viewing, and they also happen to like to knit. Well, when I make that mental duplicate, I'm asking them for information and abilities and insights into remote viewing, not insights into how to knit or, you know, crochet or whatever. So it's a mental form that sets the parameters, okay? You can also create a mental whatever, make it whatever you want it with whatever parameters. Now, most people screw this up, so that's why it's better to take, you know, you take a known expert, but I can I can make a fictitious expert with a unimold of a person or a being that has knowledge about X. Now, when I do that, I want to endow that person with certain moral characteristics, okay? Because if I just say whatever's out there, well, that lets in all kinds of garbage, okay? It lets in good and the bad. I want to set up a filter so that it's endowed with the types of qualities that are important to me. So anyway, then you you program to have the dreams. You remember the dreams. Sometimes you don't remember a dream, but you wake up with an instant knowing. That's a telepathic download of data. There's also such a thing called uh, what um, Karagula, I believe it was, called uh, dream classes. And that's what happens at deep delta sleep your telepathic stuff between people generally happens at theta brainwave. That's the brainwave that helps it. However, when people are down at deep delta, there's like a direct knowing. And she talked about night classes where uh, there are people that are experts out there, um, whether they're human or, or other than human experts, and they teach classes and that there are people that attend these all the time in their sleep at that delta level. And she actually took down notes while she was able to maintain conscious awareness and be right between, you know, right at the edge of Delta without going unconscious. And, she, and so this explains also why you would wake up sometimes with ideas or insight to answers that you didn't know. Okay, so what happens, though, is you have to be active in studying your field. You don't get something for nothing generally from here. What you have to do is you have to be interested, and you have, it helps when you have an outcome. The, what I'm, the outcome isn't to have the information. The outcome is what I'm going to do with this information once I have it. It's a goal. It's the how I know when I have it. Okay, so there, And there are many experts out there, and we can learn from them at the at the telepathic level, the, the level of knowing, okay? So anyway, um, I hope that's all we have for now uh, for today's podcast. I'd like you to stay tuned and make sure you're subscribed. Uh, I hope you've really enjoyed this uh, podcast, and I will see you again in the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mind Control. And that's where the producer hits the wrong button and screws it up. So now we're going to go to our outtake. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the day. 
thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like a transcript, send an email to transcript at mindcontrolpodcast.com. Be sure to click subscribe if you're not already subscribed, and I will see you again on the next episode of the Mind Control Podcast. Thank you and have an awesome day. This podcast is for informational and motivational purposes and spiritual insights. The author and publisher do not offer any type of psychological, legal, medical, or financial advice. No warranties or guarantees regarding this content are expressed or implied. Neither the publisher nor author shall be liable for any physical, psychological, emotional, financial, or commercial damages, including but not limited to special, incidental, consequential, or other damages. You are responsible for your own actions and results.